welcome to episode 54 of the Holly Springs Deep Dive Podcast. I get to introduce you today to a serious resource in our community. Her name is Jen Miller Hogue, and she helps students navigate the college application process. She lives right here in Holly Springs, and she is a boundless supply of energy and information about the whole process. We jumped in fast when we got started, so buckle up. I can't wait for you to get to know her better. Before we get started, if you're enjoying this podcast, consider becoming a supporter by clicking the Patreon link on my website at hollyspringsdeepdive.com. This podcast is free to listen to, but it's not free to make. Okay, ready to learn a bit more about the college admissions process? Let's dive in. I'm talking today with Jen Miller-Hogue, who is a private college advisor. She gives us advice on how to help our teenagers navigate applying for colleges and stuff. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks, Karen. Um, I'm so glad to talk to you. This is the time of year when high school seniors are getting very nervous and freaked out because college accept college acceptances are starting to come in. Mm-hmm. This is sort of, they're on the downhill slope of the whole college process. I'm not going to say they're done, but <laughs> they are on, I feel like they're on the downhill kind of side of things. Um, is that, is that kind of your opinion too, or no? Yeah, I think to some degree, I think what uh, seniors should be doing now to prep for college, you know, they're getting their acceptances in, they're either ecstatic or perhaps not so happy. Um, You know, a lot of folks are getting deferred from um, particularly the big boys like uh, NC State and Chapel Hill and, you know, wondering what to do about that if they get deferred. And, you know, part of what colleges typically do is they ask you for things. So like your uh, current grades, your transcripts, and you can also write a quick little letter to them through email and telling them that you're still interested in their school and that you still want to go to their school. And here's what you did this semester, Mm -hmm. um, past semester. Mm -hmm. Um, because of course for both, um, Chapel Hill and NC state, the grades for their falls of senior year, colleges haven't seen those in most cases is before they made the decisions. Um, so there's still an opportunity that if they've done well, they can share that with colleges. And that's a great opportunity mm-hmm. um, for students who have figured out where they're going or they know where they're going. The other thing they can start working on um, is looking at colleges, financial aid offices and what's available for them for merit aids and in their portals are usually connections to financial aid offices and search engines for scholarships, departmental scholarships and that kind of stuff. And that's institutional scholarships. So scholarships the colleges give to students. Mm -hmm. So I remember with our older child who is a college junior right now, her, um, the places that she applied, she got her acceptance and then the financial um, I don't want to say offer, but the financial breakdown mm-hmm. a little bit later. And I think it really, from what I have seen, it depends on what schools you are applying to, because some people, I mean, some institutions will give the finance layout when you get the acceptance. So it, it seems to really vary. It does. And I would say uh, for private institutions, they tend to be more upfront about it right when you get your acceptance letter. 
where the public institutions to tend to be a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, particularly for North Carolina public schools, you're really not going to get a heck of a lot of aid that's really going to make a difference as to what you're going to do. So, you know, most folks, if you get anything from the public schools, it's, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars. And and I literally mean like $2,000, um, you know, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's partly because they're public institutions and that's not where they're going to spend their merit aid money. They're going to spend their merit aid money on students that are out of state. So if it's an out of state school that you are looking at, that's a public institution, you may be getting that offer letter a little bit sooner, but I would say most of them happen in March and even as late as April um, and like beginning of April. Um, There's a few colleges that require a separate application piece, and that's called the CSS form with College Board. Um, Of the North Carolina public schools, the only one that requires it is Chapel Hill, and it's a separate form. It's due March 1st. Um, and it's above and beyond what the FAFSA is, which is the free federal application for student aid. So you need to fill that form out as well. And so since that form is due March 1st for a lot of schools, that's why you're not necessarily going to get your financial aid award from them until after March 1st, probably about March 15th, early April. Um, so that gives you time to make your decisions by May one. Okay, so if you do have a senior, tell mm-hmm. me what your advice is to seniors who can't quite decide where to go. Like if they got, let's just say they got three acceptances and they just don't know where to go. How do you how do you help them figure out who to choose, where to choose to go? So, particularly since it's a little bit harder with COVID to go visit colleges. There's a couple of things they can do. One is to talk to their admissions counselor at the colleges that they're interested in and ask, they may have prospective student day or admitted student days to go to. Um, A few of them may be doing those in person, but let's say you don't feel comfortable doing that. Tell your admissions counselor and see and ask if there's another way to do that. Um, The other thing is ask the admissions counselor if there's a student they can talk to. Um, Is there... um, if for particularly for their major, even if they don't know which major they're interested in, ask to sit in on a class. Um, talk to a faculty member in a subject that they're interested in. Um, so those are kind of three really easy ones. Now, if it's a college, the other thing I'll say about talking to a student is if you have a friend of a friend that goes to that school, talk to them. And the reason I say talk to them is because you're going to get the hard truth. You're not going to get the marketing answer as far as colleges are concerned and giving you the, yes, everything's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to get the, yeah, the food is awful. Um, there's nothing to do on weekends or no, we party like crazy. You know, you're going to get the unvarnished truth from a friend or a friend of a friend versus from the admissions office in some cases. Now, mind you, setting up, sitting up in a, in a class, um, talking to faculty members, the admissions office should be able to help you set that up. Okay. Um, and in a few cases, particularly for smaller private schools, they may be able to do something in person for you. 
Um, the larger schools, it's going to be harder. Yeah. Um, okay. So on the opposite end of that, if you have a senior and they either got deferred or a flat out no to mm-hmm. their top places, what do you, I mean, what choices do they have at this point? There's a couple of schools that would still have rolling admission. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I would say is if you have, if you're planning on going to a North Carolina public school, there is lots of ways to transfer into public schools. And it has an economic advantage to you to go to Wake Tech or any other community college. Because the other thing is now with distance learning, one of the advantages is you don't necessarily, if the, they don't have a program at Wake Tech that, you know, is your thing there's a lot of other community colleges within North Carolina that you can go to Mm -hmm. and take a class there. Um, The difference in cost is not, there's usually no difference in cost or usually a set thing. If it's a small difference, we're not talking about big differences in cost between one community college versus another. Mm -hmm. Um, The, and I say a public school because if you transfer from a, from a community college to a public college, they don't, they will usually transfer your units as long as you're following their set thing of what you're supposed to do, not, you know, veering off and taking a subject that's not in their list. And you can work with a transfer advisor for that. Um, and the advantage financially is you're not spending two, two years at a um, public college's amount. The amount right now for Wake Tech is around $900 for a slate. That was about a year ago. Um, yeah. Versus if you're going to, um, to, uh, NC state, it's around 9,000. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big difference monetarily that, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, the other advantage of doing a community college is it gives you more time to make decisions. The decision that the major you're going in now could change. And probably will. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's no harm or foul to make that decision. You can also try to transfer in a year, but you're really going to get much more savings if you do it for two years and then transfer in. And I remember hearing, um, this was from a, a person at Wake Tech. There were, you know, studies and quantifications done on this fact, but when they studied students who started out at Wake Tech, did their two years there, transferred in to a public school, they ended up, those students who started at Wake Tech graduated with a higher GPA than students who started out at those public institutions. Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. It it did surprise me, and I don't know why, but, you know, the more I thought about it, um, the more it made sense that they made a higher GPA. Um, so that was very interesting. And I'm a big fan of starting out at Wake Tech or mm-hmm. a technical um, at a community college because, you know, of all of the reasons you said, because of cost and because of just indecision. And I think a lot of people are considering it this year because they're not sure what, um, you know, how COVID is going to be this fall, um, all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a big mess. COVID uh, is ruining everything. It sort is. Of. It is. Um, I think community college is a really reasonable choice. And 
you know, the reason I say it's better for if you're going planning on going to a public college versus a private college is because public college is not going to care that you spent two years paying Wake Tech. And it's a money thing. It's not an educational thing. Whereas a private school really want, is not going to be, not going to maybe transfer as many of your credits because it's a monetary thing. You know, they, and you're not going to get a lot of merit aid. That's the other thing. So public, uh, private colleges, if you come in as a first time freshman, you're going to get your best possible package financially. Um, if you come in as a transfer, there are some transfer opportunities, but they're not going to be as great as they would be for a first time freshman. And that's just pure economics. You're going to pay the school for two more years versus you're only going to pay them for only two years versus four years. So that's part of the reasoning. I'm, I'm so glad that you are here as a resource for us because there is so much that I don't think parents think about. And um, I mean, I think part of that is because, I mean, I'm going to date myself, but gosh, the last time I, you know, dealt with college applications, it was me. It was in the late 80s. And I had to type my applications on a typewriter. I mean, I feel like I just said we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow to school. But I mean, think about it. That's, it's crazy, you know, the way that you can, you know, the common app. You know, you just have to do one application for all intents and purposes right now. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it, well, easier and harder, I think, in a lot of ways. It, it depends on how you think about it. it so, um, yeah. So I think that um, a lot of times parents and students don't necessarily get serious about thinking about college and where they're going to apply and all of that stuff, maybe until around this time of junior year. Mm-hmm. And with our with our older child, we kind of started a little bit late um, because back then, you know, there was no COVID and we did campus visits mm-hmm. um, sort of late in the year, junior year. But I think a lot of kids start those maybe in sophomore year or earlier in junior year. So people, I think juniors really need to be on the ball right now, wouldn't you say? I agree. And um, one thing to say about for juniors that are, I mean, because typically spring break of your junior year is one of the most perfect times to go look at colleges. And the reason is, is because, and this is a non-COVID era, because um, usually spring break for colleges is in March where, I mean, early March, where our spring breaks tend to be in late to early, late March, early April. And one of the advantages of doing that is you can go and sit in the student union and you can go and people watch and see the type of student that's there. And do you fit? Is that a good fit for you? Is that, you know, do you see a version of yourself there? Do you feel comfortable there? With COVID, it's made it a little more challenging because um, you can't go sit in the student union anymore. Um, And if you do, you'll be alone um, as versus a bunch of students sitting there eating. And, um, you know, it's harder to go sit in an an in-person class because there isn't really many in-person classes happening. There's some, but not money. Um, you know, walking around the campus, seeing the different things, there's a life that happens on a college campus when students are there. And that's why I recommend that over going in the summer, because if you go in the summer, or even if you do a drive-through, 
um, you know, every college has pretty buildings. Most of Mm -hmm. them. I mean, I don't really know of a college that doesn't have at least one or two cool buildings to look at, Mm -hmm. but after a while, they all kind of look alike. They're all brick. They all, at least in North Carolina, they're mostly brick. There might be one really cool glass building, but that's kind of it. Um, It's really about the student body that's living there and is there that gives the life to that college campus. Um, With COVID, you can do some virtual, now some colleges are doing great stuff. Like you could go and see their virtual things. They have information sessions online. So there's some convenience that is available. Um, Any kind of events that colleges are offering online, like discussions and chats and things like that are great opportunities for students to kind of drop in without making a two hour drive or a three hour drive, depending on where you're going to go see a college campus. So it's not that, you know, the be all end all is now you can't physically go to a campus, mm-hmm. but it does mean you're going to have to do a little more work potentially versus, you know, I'm going to go look at this college and this college and this college, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, so it's both a huge amount of colleges you now can go visit online and, you know, it's a little bit more work to do that, but you're also not spending as much time traveling and you might be seeing less campuses because you're traveling. Right. Um, yeah. our, our, our youngest is a senior this year and we've seen, you know, admitted student days mm-hmm. and they're all virtual. So it's, it is helpful. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's helpful that you don't have to travel, but you don't get the real vibe of the school. Um, Agreed. So. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why talking to a student is a re and you can do that as a junior too. talk to a student, sit in a class. Those are all things you can do. I know it's not as great as sitting in person with them, whether it's a class or a student, um, but at least gives you something. It at least mm-hmm. gives you the style of a teacher. You know, does this teacher stand there and just lecture at you or is it a discussion? Are they, even if they're lecturing, are they engaging their students? What does that look like for you? A lot to think about. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you recommend for students, say, who are younger than juniors? What should they be doing right now to improve their, um, improve their resumes for when they have to apply to college? So besides grades, which of course are very, very important and are, you know, making sure you're turning in those assignments. Yep. Um, Cause I find that with my high schooler, that's the main thing that drags her grades down and she didn't turn something in um, is, um, you know, finding activities to do, finding things that are maybe outside the norm. You know, maybe your sport isn't going this year because of COVID. I know a lot of sports are, but there's a few that are not, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe student council isn't, you know, there's no student council dances to plan, things like that find other things to do. Um, you know, think a little bit outside the box and it doesn't have to be huge. Um, you know, volunteering may not also look the same. So, you know, finding ways to give back to your community can, can look a little different. It can be, um, you know, talk to, talk to a local, um, senior home, And see if there's some seniors that want to play games online or just want to chat. I mean, it's as simple as that. 
if you've got, let's say your club or organization isn't running the way it used to on your college campus, or it's even hard to get the online meetings going, find a group of people that are interested in something you're interested in and find a way to get together online to talk about it or do stuff about it. Like an example is like, let's say you're interested in photography. You know, if you're interested in photography, my bet is you put a call out to other students who there's got to be other people who are interested in photography and how awesome you could like show your photography to each other and get ideas. You could look at other artists and the other kind of super cool thing you can do is talk now because so many people are not necessarily going out, they're in, is you could reach out to other photographers in the area and have them come talk to your group of students. And it could be just your group of friends. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's something you organize. So here, here's where the skills for your resume just happened on that one little thing. You got a group of people together. So you organized a group of people. You're the leader of that particular group of people. You um, create came up with something creative. And you got a guest speaker to come talk to your group. And maybe you created a gallery uh, for other people to see. You could put it up on a website for no money whatsoever and direct other students to come and look at your artwork or parents to come look at your artwork. And that is another skill of setting up a website and posting that information. There's like, so there was like six things, six Mm -hmm. skills in one little thing that probably isn't going to take you more than an hour, um, maybe like 15 minutes on each thing to set up. And and it's something And it's something you're interested in. So it's not going to seem like as much work. That's right. And don't be afraid to ask professionals in the field to come talk to your group because odds are they'll say yes. Yeah. If you don't ask them, you don't know. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, Because, you know, they're ostensibly still really interested in it and want to share that with, you know, the next generation in that field. So... Yeah. And don't even be afraid to go for like big asks. Like if you've got a photographer that you really admire that maybe you see someplace, you know, you'd be surprised who might say yes, you know, to come and speak to your small group, you know, let other students, and if you get a big ask like that, publicize it in your school, ask your, ask your school to publicize, Hey, we've got this guest speaker coming. Um, you know, can we put it out there to our group or put it on the parent group for that particular thing? Hey, this guest speaker is going to be coming on, you know? So if you get a big ask, don't just limit to your small group, open it up to your school. This year, we kind of touched on it. COVID kind of has changed everything. I mean, a lot of schools this year um, waived the standardized test score Mm -hmm. um, submissions. I mean, do you have any, well, part of that, I think is because so many of the test dates got canceled. Yes. Um, So, I mean, in our case, we had, um, you know, our son had an appointment to take a test one day and we never, Jen, we never got notified that it was canceled. Mm -hmm. The only way we found out was we noticed that the charge got reversed and the money was back in our account from the registration. Mm Mm-hmm. They had reduced, they hadn't canceled it, but they had reduced the number of students 
who could take it by, I don't know, two thirds. So only the first third of kids who registered got to actually sit for the test. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I guess there's no way to know yet if that's going to be the case next year. Do you have any intel on that? I do. I have a little bit. Um, okay. And let's just say it's also going to be a moving target. So um, here's what I know thus far. So one thing I will say, if you are signed up for a test, check the night before and make sure that test is still going or that test center is open. And just like you said, make sure that you still have a seat and you should be able to do that on your dashboard for either the ACT or the SAT. Um, One thing we already know is the PSAT got moved. It's usually in October and students just took it about two weeks ago in colleges. The other thing that has in not high happened schools. In, in high, high schools, schools. in yeah. high schools, correct. The PSAT, because the PSAT yeah. isn't offered anywhere, but in the high schools. Right. In 10th um, grade, right? Is it 10th grade or is it 11th 10th, grade? 10th and 11th grade. 11th okay. grade is when students can qualify to be a national merit scholar. Whereas right. 10th grade, it's really just a practice. Mm-hmm. Um, The other thing that I haven't seen happen, but I think it will in the next few days now that particularly for Wake County, that they've made the push to go back to school in person Mm -hmm. is the ACT is usually held in high schools uh, in mid-February, mid to early February. That has not been scheduled yet. Um, Some of them, I think I've seen a few places that might be like the end of February, but not a lot yet. So that's something I think that will happen in March. So let me talk a little bit for a second about what happened last year and why that particular ACT test is really crucial for North Carolina students. Okay. So last year, when they were making the decisions of whether or not they were going to go test optional at schools, the North Carolina public schools made their decision pretty late. I think we were into August already by the time they had made it. It might've been late July, but it was very late that they made the decision. I remember. Yeah. And part of the reason why they didn't make the decision until very late was because North Carolina 11th graders had taken the ACT before COVID shut everything down. And the argument by the voting committee who makes these decisions was that they every 11th grader should have had an opportunity to at least take the test once. So that's part of the reason. And then the argument became, but that usually would get another opportunity and so on and so forth. And so eventually they did make the decision to waive or to go test optional at pub, at the community, at the, excuse me, at North Carolina public schools. Mm-hmm. For the most part throughout the country, almost everybody went test optional. The one exception was Florida State, Florida Public Schools. They never went test optional. Um, Just this past week, Harvard, University of uh, Virginia, Tulane University in Louisiana, all have already gone test optional for 20, fall 2021 applicants. Hmm. The UC California schools already went test optional last year for the next three years. Um, The other big change that's happened just in the past couple of weeks has been College Board, the SAT, has dropped their essay portion of their test. Now, some students have told me they are signed up for the essay portion in March. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. They may be the last group that takes it, it with the essay. The other thing that has changed is the SAT has dropped the subject tests. Now for traditional students, the essay and the subject test for the SAT aren't really that essential. Um, there's a few schools that require the SAT subject test or they have in the past. Um, those are usually Ivy League schools. Um, but it's a big thing for homeschool students. Homeschool yes. students, that's a way for homeschool students to show that they are at the same caliber as their traditional school students. It's a, it's a, it's an objective way to show it as objective as these tests are mm -hmm. to show that they are, they have mastered the subjects just as well as the traditional student has. Um, so that's going to be a big blow for homeschool students that they won't have that opportunity anymore. Now, the solution for homeschool students, take the ACT. The ACT has not dropped the essay. The ACT already has subject tests built into the test themselves. Um, so if you're panicking about that, take the ACT. And as far as ACT versus SAT, I don't know of any schools that care which one you take. It doesn't seem to matter. It's more of what your test interests are, how you test well. Pick one, go with it. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I know about the test this far. The fat Harvard was also very early last year in making the call to go test optional. Um, folks that may be interested in knowing about the test um, is fairtest.org um, is a place you can look for up-to-date information on schools that have gone test optional. I think I was on that site daily throughout the year. Um, and they're a great resource uh, for whether a school is test optional all the time or whether it's just test optional for this particular year. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, we've talked a lot about getting in and deciding. Mm -hmm. Let's touch on how to pay for it um, with, I mean, there are so many scholarships out there. It's crazy. I even saw one, and this is on the school where my son got in. Um, there was a scholarship specific to kids with a specific last name. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> I had never seen, I mean, it was crazy. It was not our last name, so we weren't eligible. <laughs> But I kind of wish I could remember what last name it was. Um, but it was like, are you serious about this? But yes, that was one of the ones listed. It was, if you have this last name, you can apply for this scholarship. Wow. Well, that makes it a small pool. Uh, yes. <laughs> it was not that common of a last name. It wasn't like Smith or Jones or, you know, Williams or anything like that. It was, it was unusual enough that I have no idea of anybody who has that last name, but I mean, th there are scholarships like that. There are, there are all kinds of scholarships. Um, so can you talk a little bit about getting money? Sure. So um, one of, one of the ways to do financial aid and merit aid and merit aid is scholarships given by this institution or school. So there's need aid and then there's merit aid. Need aid is based on what you're getting from your FAFSA, which is the free application for student, free, sorry, free federal student application. 
Um, and that gives you what's called your family contribution or your EFC, expected family contribution. And that kind of determines what your needs going to be. Then on merit aid, merit aid happens where the institution has um, some sort of table that they're using, and sometimes they're public about it, and sometimes they are not, about if you have this GPA and this test score, you're going to get this amount of money. And some schools are really transparent about what that looks like. Um, Many are not. Um, So that's institutional aid that is typically given to first-time freshmen. It can be renewable, meaning you get it each year. Um, It depends on the school. It depends on what it is. The other thing, place to look is looking at the school's financial aid page. Usually they will have scholarships that you might be able to apply to. Also, if your student is interested, typically if they apply to the honors college of that school, they may also get some more institutional aid. Um, So institutional money is the easiest to find and get. Um, Outside scholarships, there's there's places to look for scholarships. Um, A paid service that I like, which is a search engine called Scholly, S-C-H-O-L-L-Y, has a little dog with a graduation cap. Um, They charge you a fee to use it as a search engine. It's just really organized. It's one of the reasons I like it. But there are free options as well. College Boards, Big Future has a search engine. Um, FastWeb is a well-known one. Um, Niche, N-I-C-H-E, which is also a search engine for colleges, um, is another one. Um, also, check out your, li- your, host- your high school. Talk to your counselor and tell them you're interested. And you don't have to wait to your senior year for these things either. Um, also, Wake County has a scholarship, I wouldn't say search engine, it's more of a spreadsheet. Um, And you just have to type in WCPSS scholarships and it'll pop right up. Um, It should be like the first thing on on the page. Okay. Um, And they have like 300 plus scholarships. Some of them are local, some of them are nationwide. Um, You can search for them by deadline. There's a couple other ways you can search for things. Um, Local scholarships. Um, A lot of times the high school will have a list of local scholarships on their page. Um, And the way you find that besides talking to your counselor would be if you go to the student services page of your high school and then they may have a college section. They could have a 12th graders. Even if you don't have a 12th grader, you can go to that 12th grade page. It'll tell you how to do that. And they will have a list of um, scholarships. The best page I've seen has been Apex Friendships page. Um, They have a really nice comprehensive document with lots of local scholarships that are available, but they are a little more Apex centric. So if you're a Holly Spring person going to Friendship, um, and by the way, don't be afraid that you can't go to Apex Friendship site, even if your student goes to another high school, because of course we have Middle Creek and Holly Springs students who um, live in Holly Springs, of course, besides right. going to Friendship. You can use the page. There, there's, there's, it's not locked. You can't, you can go in and look at it. Um, you obviously have to be an Apex resident, but if you're a Middle Creek student, you may be living in Apex. So, mm-hmm. um, 
So those are kind of the places to look for scholarships. Um, other places to look for scholarships is for parents. If you work for a business that may offer scholarships, it's worth talking to your human resources departments and see if they offer any scholarships for students. Um, that's another great place. Or if you're part of an association. So if your work has, is an associ- has an association, like um, I'll pick something out of random. Uh, let's say um, you are a local brewery and you do, you're part of local brewery association. They may have a scholarship that's not necessarily related to beer. Um, so there's also weird ones out there. Uh, one that I think is this month coming up, there's one about safety and, um, driving. You're supposed to basically create a 140 character, um, thing, and then they pick your thing and you get a scholarship for it. Um, there's all sorts of weird places, but one thing I will say, particularly for outside scholarship, and that's part of the reason I say, this is part of the reason I say the, institutional scholarships are a little bit easier. I'm not saying they're easy, but easier Mm -hmm. is looking for outside scholarships is like a part-time job. It's like a five to six hour searching, going through it. Cause a lot of it's duds. A lot of it is that, no, I'm not going to qualify for that. Mm -hmm. Um, To writing essays for different scholarships or, you know, giving a short story Um, the other thing I'll say is, you know, even if it's a scholarship that says it's a women's organization or a men's organization, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be that gender in order to apply for that scholarship, read the scholarship directions and it's time consuming and it's time consuming to fill out applications. One or two applying to one or two outside scholarships is not going to pay the bill, so to speak. Um, and sometimes don't sneeze at the small ones, you know, even if it's like a $50 thing, that's a 50, that's, that's a book, you know, <laughs> for your, at the bookstore. True. <laughs> You'd be surprised that, you know, $50 is, you know, two weeks of pizza, uh, you know, not the, not the way I eat it, but that's another, <laughs> that's, that, that's another it's, story. It's about, it's about two weeks of pizzas for students. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, so don't sneeze at the small ones, look at local organizations, but expect if you're going to go the outside scholarship route, that you're really going to be looking for scholarships and you're really going to be spending a lot of time. Um, The other thing I'll say about outside scholarships is particularly with private institutions, outside scholarships can impact your financial aid. It should, I wish it didn't, but it can. And that's something you need to talk with the financial aid department about. If you've gotten a lot of outside scholarships about, you know, how does that impact your package? Right. Okay. So while we've been talking, I Googled um, the scholarship I was talking about. So the, if you have the last name Gatling or Gatlin, (laughs) Don't know anybody with that name. I'll help you. I know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anybody by that name. I don't even know anybody with that name. See, I'm telling you. Um, Jen, you have been so informative. Um, I've got to say, we kind of jumped in, but you have... You have a company that helps people navigate this. Um, What is your company called? Uh, College Path Advising. 
Okay. And you can find me at www.collegepathadvising.com. Okay. And you have you have paid options mm-hmm. and you have free seminars. Is that I correct? Do. I do. Okay. I actually have a seminar um, coming up on Wednesday, February 10th. Okay. It's free. Um, you do need to RSVP, but that's mostly so I can send you information that and the link to come to the workshop. Okay. Um, and I probably will have another one in April if I can. Um, and it's a full hour of information, um, of, you know, and the folks that should be coming to this workshop is ninth, 10th and 11th graders. If you're a 12th grader, um, I don't have as much to offer for you. Um, but, uh, certainly for ninth, 10th and 11th graders. And for the folks that are like, my ninth grader doesn't need to worry about college. I'm not saying you got to worry about it, but you do need to at least have it in the back of your head so you can kind of plan a little bit ahead because it's far less painful than when I get an August senior who's just starting to think about it. And I, I yeah. do get, and I do get them. I love them dearly, but um, it's sometimes a it's a quick and get it done process versus something a little less painful. Yeah. All right. Well, I will make sure to put links to your business and um, how to RSVP for that thing on Wednesday. Perfect. Um, Yes, for people, because I know that this is such a hot topic um, among students and parents right now, because you, you start seeing all of these posts on Instagram and Facebook with pictures of the big, I got in all of those things. So that's, it's a super exciting time of year. I think. I agree. I agree. It's so exciting when my students are texting me, I got into Chapel Hill. I got into NC state. It's very exciting. And lots of other schools as well. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Um, this is this is good information and a lot of information I wish I'd had a couple of years ago, but whatever. It's gonna My be pleasure. Fun. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for talking. Bye-bye. Bye. Links and other information mentioned are in today's show notes. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by me, Karen Shore, with music by Doug Maxwell and Meteorite Productions. Be well, friends. Until next time.